Welcome to Bayou Business Download, a podcast from the Greater Houston Partnership where we dive into the data and analytics influencing our region's economy. Today is Tuesday, September 13th. I'm your host, AJ Mistretta, and I'm joined once again today by Partnership Senior Vice President of Research, Patrick Jankowski. In this episode, we're talking about the possibility of a recession, that ugly R word, and what that would mean for Houston. Patrick, thanks for joining me today. AJ, it's always a pleasure. All right, so Patrick, just the big question. Are we right now in a recession? Well, AJ, there are actually three ways to determine that. One is right, two is wrong, and unfortunately it's the wrong way that gets all the attention in the press. So let me go ahead and tell you why it's wrong. What I'm talking about is when people refer to whether we're in a recession when we're in two consecutive quarters of declining GDP. It's nice, it's simple, but like, most complex systems, when you come up with a simple solution, the simple solution is usually wrong. Now, we saw GDP decline in the first quarter in the U.S. about 1.6%, and the second quarter about six-tenths of a percent. But what everyone needs to realize is GDP numbers are frequently revised. Mm. Uh, they've already started revising back the downturn in the first quarter. Some of the things that we're missing from that is, you know, it's, it's a complex formula that includes government expenditures, exports, imports, consumer expenditures, investment, and so forth. What people don't realize is that there are negatives that will weigh down the calculation where even though everything else looks positive, those negatives overwhelm it. For example, everyone's very aware that we had a lot of government stimulus injected into the economy during the early stages of the pandemic, and it continued to play out over the last two years. Well, that stimulus started to go away in the first quarter. So that actually became a negative in the calculations. Another thing that individuals don't realize is that in calculating GDP, the Bureau of Economic Analysis looks at how much we're exporting and how much we're importing, and they subtract the imports from the exports in calculating GDP. Well, in the first quarter, we were importing an awful lot of goods because we were trying to rebuild inventories. It's been like that for the last 10 years where we've always had, well, we've been importing more we've been exporting, but usually mm. it's only affected growth by, by half a percent or, or 1.5%. In the first quarter, it affected growth by about 3.2%. So it was a huge negative, the amount of imports. And the problem is, is that overshadowed what was going on elsewhere in the economy. A consumer spending was still growing, growing at about 2.7%. Business investment was up over 7%. Uh, real estate investments were up over 2%. I mean, those are our sectors which are producing and doing things, and they were overshadowed by the, the negatives in GDP. The problem with GDP, it, it ignores other metrics like job growth and industrial capacity utilization. Most people don't realize we've added 3.5 million jobs through August of this year. I mean, in a normal year, we, we add about 2.2, 2.3. So we're well over even a normal level job growth. Industrial capacity utilization, how much of our industry are we utilizing? It's well over 80%. It's the second highest level of utilization that it's been at in the last 10 years. That does not sound like an economy in recession, but that's what GDP fails to notice. Okay, yes, AJ, I know I could tell this is getting to be a long answer, but let me give you a couple other things that, that our listeners should be paying attention to. Fire away. Known as the Business Cycle Dating Committee. Yeah, a committee to date business cycles. It's, okay. That sounds like something that should be on Tinder or something like that. Doesn't <laughs> it? So, a business Cycle Dating Committee. Well, what the dating committee does is it looks at it, looks for a significant decline in economic activity across broad sectors of the economy. And it's trying to find decline in activity in job growth and consumer spending and industrial production and, and retail sales, wholesale sales, 
things like that, because it's looking for the impact across widely across the economy and whether that has been sustained and whether it's deep. Well, if you look at the last set of data that the NBER, the, which is the house of the Business Cycle Dating Committee, we're seeing that industrial production is up, personal income is up, personal expenditures is up, retail sales are up, wholesale, almost every sector is up. So by that metric, we're not in a recession. One more, and this is the Patrick Jankowski version for measuring whether we're in a recession or not. This is not official, but it is mine. It is what I look at. I like to look at the job market. I mean, I could throw out words like treasury bills and inverted yield curves and industrial production. And most people aren't going to know what that means. But if I say, are we creating jobs? And if people are losing jobs, how difficult is it to find a new, another job? I mean, the best metric to understand what's going on in the economy is looking at the job market. Yeah. Well, in the first quarter, which in theory, according to GDP, we were in decline, we actually added 1.6 million jobs. In the second quarter, which in theory, we were in decline, we added another million jobs. How could we be adding jobs at that rate when the economy is shrinking? If you look at whether employers are still hiring, yes, they're desperate to hire. The Bureau of Labor Statistics says there are 11.2 million job openings in the U.S. right now. In a normal economy, we only have about five, five and a half million. And initial claims for unemployment benefits, a kind of a proxy for layoffs, are back well below pre-COVID levels. Continued claims, meaning you've filed a claim for more than one or two weeks because you haven't found the job yet, those are lower than they were prior to the pandemic. So if you simply look at the workforce, if you simply look at the job market, that tells me very strongly we are not in recession. No, that makes a lot of sense. So it sounds like the metrics by which we used to be able to accurately determine a recession have changed somewhat. I mean, or, or is that fair to say? What, what, what dynamics have changed that this is no longer the right way to determine a recession? Well, the problem is people just get comfortable with it. It's so easy to say, well, Two declining quarters of GDP were in a recession. It's a lot easier to say that and think that than going back and looking at uh, pages and pages full of data to try to find out what's going on. And granted, I'm, not, I'm not knocking the media, but they've got deadlines to meet. It's just really easy to say, oh, two consecutive declining quarters of GDP. They don't have time to go and look at the reams of data that you need to look at to understand what's going on in the economy. If we're not in a recession right now, Patrick, are we in danger of slipping into one as you see it in the data? Yes, but. Okay. Me, okay. One of the reasons why so many economists are out there are saying the U.S. Is, is bound for a recession is the fact that the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates. The Federal Reserve is raising interest rates to try to get inflation in check. The idea is if you raise interest rates, anything that you buy on time, whether it's a house or a car or your business financing inventory or purchasing equipment, becomes more expensive. And if it becomes more expensive, then people in business consume less of it. If you consume less of it, supply catches up with demand and prices stabilize. Well, the concern is, is that the Fed's going to raise interest rates too high or keep them elevated for too long that it really raises prices so much and suppresses demand and sends us into recession. That's actually been the case four out of the last six downturns that the U.S. has had. That's one reason why we should be concerned. But I think the Fed will probably be able to manage this a little bit better than they have in the past because we've got access to a lot more data. There are two other things which really concern me, which could tip the U.S. in a recession. What is what's going on in Europe right now? Europe will go into recession, if not this year, definitely early next year. And it's going into recession because of the war that's going on in the Ukraine. 
the EU, rightly so, has imposed sanctions on Russia to try to punish them for invading a sovereign nation. Russia has retaliated. They've cut off supplies of natural gas, and now they're going to cut off supplies of other fuels. Think about that. You're seeing natural gas prices at five times what they were prior to the invasion. You're going to see a huge spike in gas prices, gasoline, fuel, diesel. That's going to put the, the EU economy in a recession. The other is China. China is the world's second largest economy. Chinese growth has slowed down dramatically. If you look 10 years ago, it was growing at double digit rates. Recently, it was growing at like six to 8%. Economists expect it maybe to only grow two to 3% this year. Anytime there's a COVID outbreak in China, they lock it down. And China has a very serious problem with real estate right now. They're overbuilt and unable to deliver. And so China will definitely slow down. It may even go into recession. And if we see these major economies elsewhere in the world, slip into recession, it will be hard for the U.S. to avoid it. Now, I know as I said, it'd be hard for the U.S. to avoid it. It wouldn't be impossible, but it would pose some challenges for us. Okay. So if the U.S. does slip into a recession, does that automatically mean Houston will enter one as well? What do we see here? Oh, AJ, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to come back at you and you use that word automatically. <laughs> Gosh, in economics, nothing is automatic. Um, we are at, we're at definitely at greater risk. We're at greater risk now than we've ever been before. That's because Houston's economy is so much more tied to the U.S. economy than it was in the past. Now, 30 years ago, as long as oil prices stayed high, we were fine. But we have diversified so much away from oil and gas. It's still important, but it doesn't drive our economy. If the U.S. slips into recession, it will be hard for Houston to avoid following. All right. So exactly what would such a recession look like for Houston? What would we see here if it were to come to pass? Okay. Once again, I want to say, I am not saying that we're going into recession. (laughs) I'm not saying Houston was going to be in a recession. I'm just saying theoretically, I'm saying academically, what would a recession look like? I'm not saying this is what's going to happen. Full disclaimer. (laughs) Because I really think we have a lot of momentum and we could probably skirt through this, but, uh, I need to look at the data in November, December to see what 2023 is going to look like. But getting back, whenever growth falters, then job growth slows down. One of the main drivers of population growth is, is employment opportunities. If we're not creating jobs, we're not going to have as many people move here. So we'll see population growth drop off. Population growth slows, then that's going to reduce the demand for housing, both single mm. family and apartments. We'll see apartment rents go down and we'll see housing prices finally stabilize. Uh, local consumers worried about their financial future. They'll postpone major purchases like automobiles and furniture and appliances. Businesses, they're going to want to conserve cash. They'll, they'll postpone their major investment decisions. They may postpone hiring. Uh, property values will continue to go up for a while. They're always kind of uh, lag what's, helping, what's happening elsewhere in the economy. But eventually, the property value appraisals will catch up to the reality of the market and they'll stabilize and may even slip some. And, you know, and with business and consumer spending papering off, we'll see sales tax collections fall as well. That's kind of how the scenario plays out. I'm not ready to put any numbers to that just yet though. And and once again, full disclaimer, I'm not saying we're destined for a recession. I'm saying this is academically how it would play out. All right, fair enough. Uh, before we continue, Patrick, I do want to take a moment to say thank you to our Bayou Business Download sponsor, Fifth Third Bank, for helping make today's podcast possible. Learn more about Fifth Third Bank and the services they provide at 53.com. That's the numbers 53.com. 
So Patrick, what indicators will you be watching most closely to determine a possible recession, both nationally and here in the local market? Well, nationally, I'm going to be watching the same things the uh, Business Cycle Dating Committee is going to be watching. I'll be watching income growth. I'll, I'll be watching retail sales, wholesale sales, uh, job growth, and so forth. Locally, though, there, there are a few indicators that I really like. One is the Purchasing Managers Index. There's a survey of purchasing managers out there. That's one of my favorite indicators. Anytime this PMI is above 50, that's a sign the economy is expanding. We just got the data. For, for August, the PMI is at 54.2. So it's still above 50. We're still expanding. I'll be watching sales tax collections because both consumers and businesses pay sales tax. Right. If they're pulling back on their purchases, we'll, we'll see sales tax collections go down. I'll be watching job growth. I mean, through the end of the year, and we need to create at least 30,000 jobs at the end of the year. I say we need to. I mean, that would be a sign of a, of a much slower growth. If we created 40,000 or more jobs at the end of the year, that's a sign nothing's changed. And then I'll be watching that initial claims for unemployment to see whether there are layoffs out there and continued claims locally to see whether uh, those who get laid off are having a hard time finding work. And you say we need to see that that much job growth. Uh, we've already seen a really a, a record amount of job growth this year, right? Oh, gosh, this, this could be if, if one of the best years on record as well. But what I've looked at is how the way the year usually ends for job growth. Mm. And if we see job growth finishing at the normal trend, that tells me we're in a normal business part of the business cycle. If it drops below, that tells me things are slowing down. If it stays elevated like it has for the last eight months, that tells me we're still expanding fairly strongly. All right. You've seen fairly certain, Patrick, that Houston and the U.S. are not sliding into a recession in the near term. Any final thoughts or words on, on that? Everyone gets so fixated on a recession and they worry so much about it, but you need to put it in perspective. If you look at business cycles over the last roughly 30, 40 years, we've only been, the U.S. economy has only been in contraction over the last six recessions, only been in contraction over a total of 58 months. If you look at when we've been in expansion and recovery, we've been in recovery over 500 months. Got it. Okay. So that makes so a lot of sense. We're yeah. 10 times as more likely to be in expansion than we are in recession. Right. So yeah, we may have a recession, but you realize that they tend to be short and shallow unless we have a black swan event like a COVID pandemic. Yeah. What we need to do is just stay focused, not panic and realize that if, if we have a recession, it too shall pass. You provide deeper perspective on all of this in the current issue of Houston's Economy at a Glance, uh, which is on our website. So I think I invite everyone, all of our listeners to kind of look at that for more, more details if they want to get into the nuts and bolts of, of recession conversation. Patrick, thanks for joining me for this conversation today. AJ, it's always a pleasure. And once again, I hope our listeners are, are getting some information they can use. Absolutely. And that's it for this episode of Bayou Business Download. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can do so via your favorite podcasting platform or by visiting the podcast page at houston.org. There you'll also find links to recent data and news updates, such as Houston Economy at a Glance, and learn how you can get more involved in the work of the partnership to make a difference in Houston. A special thanks again to our sponsor, Fifth Third Bank, for helping make this podcast possible. And thanks again to you for listening to Bayou Business Download.